fellas, don't drink that coffee. Sean? Hi. Is this working? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. We won't have any lag from the internet, like where it breaks up. Yeah, that has only happened a couple times. And now, um, we've already seen your wife. She was here. She's she was upstairs. here. She's upstairs. I don't think she's going to come down and interrupt. Um, no, but we will be getting interruptions via text messages. We picked a really horrible time to podcast because the Chargers just left the city of San Diego, and I feel like there's a lot of stuff we need to talk about. <laughs> we kind of we have to put aside because <laughs> this is what I'm here to do. Yeah, if nobody, if people don't realize it, uh, well, I see. I haven't been a Chargers fan for a couple of years, but it still stings. It doesn't feel good. So. It's a weird night. It uh, hasn't been. It's not official, but it certainly seems like it is. And uh, so all of our friends are texting each other. And yeah, it's a it's a weird. I I've told you this, but just so you understand where this what this means to me is that like I'm from San Diego because my grandfather moved to San Diego to take a job with the Chargers. Yeah. So like uh, my ties to that team. Actually, I would not know you. I'm doing good. How are you doing? If it weren't for the Chargers. Oh, dude, so good. Oh, dude, sorry. It's just... This is it. This is it. No, for you and me. Our friendship's over? Yeah. It was pretty good. You're moving to LA? I'm moving to LA. With the Chargers? Yeah. And canceling all your internet? Welcome to the first ever live edition. Yeah, we're live. It's not really live. We're just in the same... Space for the first time. Yeah, we're not live. We're we're alive. When we started this podcast, I was living in San Jose. Or not live. I was kind of staying in San Jose while living in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then I was back in Jersey. And this is the, now the first time where we're at your house. And um, I won't tell everyone where you live. It doesn't matter. Where I live in Temecula. Temecula, California. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm the not address a, is four three. No, um, <laughs> I'm not upset by the fact I live in Temecula. It's very. I like it out oh, here. I just didn't want to give people. I didn't want to give people your address so they'd show up. And well, be don't like, give me my. Your podcast sucks. If someone took the time to drive all the way so to Temecula flattered. to tell me this sucks, yeah, man, yeah, I would be flattered. I'd probably buy them lunch. Really? <laughs> yeah. So if I drive here tomorrow, and no, tell your not podcast, you. Oh, shoot. <laughs> um. Well, part of the reason I wanted this to happen was this is a not only a really important episode in the kind of the show, the arc of the show, but it's also just nice to finally do this where you and I are sitting down together and you yeah, know, and there's no distractions, no distractions at all, except for one of the biggest except sports. for the Chargers are leaving. <laughs> we just biggest, we just found out as I hit record <laughs> one of the biggest sports moments in the city's history. But we're gonna get through it. We got Twin yeah. Peaks to talk about. You're only getting a text every two seconds. Well, I just really I'm very happy with. With my our friends, how funny they are! Yeah, <laughs> so that's why I'm we're gonna distracted. need our friends as a sense of humor to get through 
uh, the next, I, probably the next couple of years. It's gonna, it's just gonna be hard because we were so used to this team being a part of our life, and uh, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird. Now it's not, it's not gonna be part of it. But you know what? Most of you are not interested at all in that, and I understand. And you know, what? I'm not interested in it either. Football is not gonna be there for us. But you know who's gonna be there for us this year? Cooper. Agent Cooper. Agent Cooper coming back for us. We won't have the Chargers, but we'll have Twin Peaks. We'll have new Twin Peaks. Yeah. But right now we have old Twin Peaks. Old Twin Peaks. Specifically, we well, have... old to you. New to me. Episode 7 of the second season. Lonely Souls. Just so everyone knows, too, I decided to do this in a certain way. Um, after watching this episode yesterday, I, th- I just thought in my head, if we go through the whole thing, mm-hmm. then it would be really hard to talk about what comes up to a certain point. We would want to talk about what happens at the end. So we've actually paused at about... 29 minutes in okay. uh, at a certain scene and we're going to talk about it up to there we're going to pause the podcast we're going to have a take a drink to the chargers <laughs> watch the rest of this episode and come back so i'll obviously tell everyone at the point where we're going to stop um but this is how i wanted to do it we'll see how it works but anyway um, yeah well let's talk because i want to get to where we paused sure understand. To, to ask a couple questions okay well do you want to is is something we should wait till we get to where we are? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't know how you want to do it. If you well, want, I want to do what they normally do. So let's start with the the kind of backbone of this show, this okay. episode. Um, ABC was the the network that aired Twin Peaks, and when the show started out, you know, it was a big hit. David Lynch was on the cover of Time Magazine. The, you know, it was a big thing. Who killed Laura Palmer? Uh, by this point, ABC was fed up with that, and they wanted them to answer. Uh, <clears throat> that question. They never wanted to. David Lynch, Mark Frost said, this is the perfect show if we just keep the mystery alive because I think Lynch called it the goose that lays the golden eggs. It's like it just keeps going. Uh, they finally pressured them into having them solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, they publicized that going into this episode. So you watched this on November 10th, 1990, mm-hmm. knowing that they were going to reveal the killer. Yeah. This was not a surprise. No. Um, so that's what this episode is. Uh, Did it do well in the ratings? Um, I, I'd have to look. I, I didn't actually get that. Maybe I'll look in the little break when we actually go back mm-hmm. to watch the end of this. Um, but at this point, the ratings were not as good anyway. They mm-hmm. had started to decline. I think ABC was thinking, let's do this and try to get you know maybe one last push with this episode. I, I have to believe this episode was one of the more higher rated in this season. I would assume. Because of they, I mean, they like put it out there tonight. Mm-hmm. You'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this was written by Mark Frost and directed by David Lynch. So you have the two creators working on this specific uh, this specific show. So, uh, it starts out when uh, we ended the last one there at the sheriff station, where Mike, who was the inhabiting host of Philip Gerard, telling them where Bob was. Mm-hmm. He said he's at the. He didn't say where, but Cooper said it, the Great Northern. So this starts out, it's great. They're all lined up in a row having coffee and donuts, including Mike, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, Mike's... So he, uh, they're talking about the Great Northern, and Mike gives that kind of same speech about a, a big building with many rooms, and there's the kind of creepy music, and then it kind of goes out <laughs> when Cooper talks again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really funny. It's very David Lynch. Um, but... Uh, they are also talking about how they have a warrant for Harold's house. So remember the last episode, Donna came to tell him about the the diary. Mm-hmm. So um, 
the warrant showed up and they're able to now go search Harold's. Uh, and then also Gordon mentions the diary pages that were found around the train car mm-hmm. before very loudly exiting, telling everyone he's off to Bend, Oregon for something super hush-hush. Yep. So, um... I'm glad that he, yeah, he took the time to go shake everyone's hand. Really nice to meet you and, all. And uh, clink cups with Cooper. Yeah. Yep. I think my favorite thing this whole thing is the inhabiting spirit eating a donut <laughs> and drinking coffee. Um, it, I, I, and I know it's like insignificant, but it is kind of like Lynch having fun with, with the idea of this mm. whole uh, part of the plot. Um, so the idea is they go to the Great Northern and they just sit Mike in a chair and have him like <laughs> they're just bringing people in like guests in front of him and he's just going no no and for whatever reason there's like marines there bouncing balls yeah like little red bouncy balls <laughs> and it's just the chaos like playing catch yeah yeah <laughs> it did it does it, it, it it's just there it does, there's no meaning to it there is was there, a running gag i feel like early on established where they would have these just strange conventions because it's a big hotel right yeah, so yeah. someone started it where there was like the barbershop quartet yeah. if you go back there's <clears throat> I'll, we'll have to next episode I'll go get the list of all the ones so directors would just come up with funny things to have going on in the background um, <laughs> that's funny but this one was I guess Navy personnel who play like to play with balls I guess that's part of it yeah that's it. That, there's hey, got to be a story there. As long as there's furries, but anything it, can be real. It's, it's really, really funny and chaotic. And then um, we see Ben Horn like, kind of storming down the hallway because of what's happening. All of his hotel guests are being brought in front of this, you know, kind of crazy guy with one arm. And when Ben is showing up, Mike starts kind of freaking out. And he's grabbing his arm and he falls down. Um, and that's where that scene ends. So, um, so yeah, then we go to Harold's. And I was just thinking, like, Hawk gets all the crappy jobs, right? For the sheriff's department. Well, like, doesn't Hawk seem to always have, like... it? Well, there's three employees, I, I think, for the sheriff's department. I guess they probably don't trust Andy to do anything. Yeah, there's Sheriff, Hawk, and Andy. And, of course, Andy's not going to do anything. No. So you got to send Hawk, and Sheriff's too busy being Sheriff. Yeah. But I feel like Hawk needs his should have got his own spin-off. He did. What? You didn't see it? No. Falcon Crest? It wasn't Hawk. I think that was Hawk. I never watched Falcon Crest. You could be right. Airwolf. <laughs> it was Airwolf, right? What's Airwolf? Jan Michael Vincent and Hawk. They're in a they're in a helicopter flying around. But don't you think uh, wouldn't you walk watch a show that was like Hawk? But starred Hawk? What would you call it? Hawk? What are you talking about? What would you call it? You're not tuning in to Hawk tonight at 8, 8 p.m.? Um, I love Hawk. Hawk. Right? There's got to be a show called Hawk. Well, if not, they could maybe start one. The Hawkener. Hmm. The Hawkening. Yeah, you nailed it. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Stop right there. You are know, you? the Chargers did leave tonight, but I suddenly have a hole. The hole is filled now. With yeah, the with Hawk. Yeah. yeah, with the Hawkener. So Hawk has to go find uh, Harold's body. Um, he brought his axe. Harold Smith. Harold Smith. R.I.P. We hardly knew ye. And rightfully so. Yeah. So Harold couldn't deal. and um, So it's really sad. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, he didn't affect anybody's lives. 
We don't know. We don't. We'll never know. We right? clearly know because no one was there ever except for Laura Flynn Boyle. Well, people were contributing to the living novel. We don't. We'll never know how long, long and large the living novel was. That is true. You know what I'm saying? Hello. What? You think Hawk was just showing up to contribute, or was he actually trying to figure out if Harold was there? Hey, Harold, I'm your one o'clock for your living no- oh, <laughs> oh, no. You said this would happen. Yeah. It could have been. Get down from there so I can finish the living novel. I was born in Spokane. Okay, this is insensitive. Okay. Um, so, at the Palmer house, we knew Maddie was going to leave. She's telling Aunt uh, Sarah and Uncle Leland. Um, and you could tell, like, Sarah's bummed because she's like... She had a little replacement daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> looked exactly like her with a wig. Yeah. Um, but Leland's like, you know what? She's got a life of her own. So, um, you know, she's like, I'll come back and visit. So, All sitting very close, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I'd also be like, I'm going to go now. <laughs> as, as fun as this has been, let's see. What is Maddie? Since she got there, she was just recently almost stabbed with a fork a large gardening fork mm-hmm. um she's i feel like she's had a hard yeah she, a, she had to play laura to, to lure yeah, dr jacoby she got a dude yeah she well then she just got this guy killed and then before that yeah she got pregnant donna's on wait what what i missed that episode it's uh, her and james donna's on a rampage yeah. um so back at Harold's, they find the suicide note that says in French, I am a lonely soul. Mm. Which does not really give us any more insight into him because we all knew, you know, how lonely he was. My only hope is that that's on purpose. What? They, they also found him to be such a drag of a character that they just got, they didn't him, want got to rid of him more backstory. as soon as possible. Um, I guess I have a heart. I think it's sad. Harold is sad, but but I actually would I just would like him to like go off and not be in the show, you know? Maybe not have Well, to die. truth is you never saw his face. Wait, what? You don't see his face when they try to take him down from hanging. So you could be someone else? Could be someone else. Could be Jerry. It did look like Jerry's pants. It did look like Jerry's pants. Jerry's pants is the name the subtitle of this 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 episode. This episode. <laughs> Jerry's um, pants. Jerry loves Dockers. Hawk, this is when Hawk finds the Diary. So Hawk found him originally, and then he calls everyone in. Um, but they find that says the secret diary of Laura Palmer. Um, so let's see where we are. Oh, so we're at the Johnsons, the Johnson residence. They're trying to do the the bills. They're balancing the budget, and uh, realize that they're broke. So you know they had this idea: we're going to get all this money for taking care of them, and when you when they finally do the the numbers, they have like 42 bucks a month. Yeah. And Bobby and Shelly argue because she's like, you know, how are we going to live on this? They started a fight when the money got tight and they just didn't count on the tears. This is exactly where, where this is coming from. Whoa, whoa. It always goes, whoa, it always whoa. goes back to Billy Joel for you, Dallas, doesn't it? <laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> um, so uh, Shelly wants him to sell the necklace that he bought her. Mm-hmm. Which one did he buy her the necklace? Did we see that? Yeah, uh, you know what? Was it in the hospital? I think so. I don't remember. I don't it. remember. I'm either. sure I'm... it was. It made they, they're mentioning it, so it probably made airtime. But you know, she says, "When am I going to feel glamorous enough to wear it? When I'm bathing Leo or you know feeding him oatmeal?" 
Um, and I think maybe, yeah, maybe you would want to put in. You could dress up nice. Yeah. Yeah, he is your husband. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. He deserves it. He deserves a nice little bath. Yeah, with, mm-hmm. with you wearing a nice necklace. A fancy bath. Um, and this is when he screams and spits and then says, at first you don't kind of hear what he says. And there's a funny moment where she's like, he's alive. Um, <laughs> which, of course, he's alive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, And then he keeps doing it. And we find out he's saying new shoes. Um, and Bobby is kind of picking up on this, like it's a clue, like, you know, kind of tell me what's going on, Leo. I think he says, I'll buy you whatever, however many shoes you want. Um, but it's really funny. I mean, the, the guy who plays Leo is doing a great job of best acting. He's done a complete vegetable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Audrey is at the great Northern with her dad and her dad's office. And she is kind of telling him everything she knows and she knows a lot. She knows about one of Jacks and Blackie and Emery and Ronette and Laura. And then he's kind of like, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. And mm. then she brings up, you remember Prudence, which was her name when he was trying to score with his daughter. Um, so then she kind of works her way into interrogating him about, you know, how long have you owned it? She's, he's owned it for five years. Did you know Laura worked there? Yes. And he says, you know, I did, but he kind of, pawns it off on he says emery was responsible for her being there um and then uh, <laughs> autocorrect instead of boinked uh it wrote ben blinked laura <laughs> <laughs> so yes if he, he slept with her uh he says yes and then she asked the important question did you kill her and he says i loved her yeah and he doesn't answer the question so this is not a confession and I mean, he did not say no. He says, I loved her. And he's got a picture of her on his desk. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny that no one noticed that before. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? No one noticed the Laura picture on his desk? Yeah. That he has a daughter. I didn't see a picture of his daughter on his desk. Not a picture of his daughter and Laura, which would maybe be appropriate. Maybe makes sense. But just Laura. But just Laura. Yeah. Sometimes this show, I don't like how it's directed. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, and like, well, that is a perfect example. No one thought Someone it was weird that. that Laura's Palmer's pictures on his desk. Not a small picture, not a wallet. No, like the, we're talking eight by ten. Yeah, like a headshot of Laura Palmer is yeah. on his desk, and no one ever brought it up. Yeah. The other thing I don't like that happens in this episode a lot is that people start conversations, but the scene starts with them standing next to each other for a couple seconds. <laughs> okay. I don't okay. like that. Yeah. I feel like David Lynch does that a lot in the show. He likes to use time. He stretches things out. Or it's just lazy directing, but yeah, you can stick with I don't, him. I think, if anything, he's not lazy. It's all very, very deliberate. Well, I don't know, Sean. <laughs> I'm a crow. <laughs> um, so this next scene is just so sad to me for a lot of reasons. So we're at the double R, and Shelly is like bawling because she has to quit. You okay? Sorry. Is that your car alarm going off? Is it mine? Hold on, Del. You can't have nice things. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a car alarm going on outside, and... Is it mine? So, um... Sorry about that. 
I guess there will never be an episode of Dish in the Park that did not have some sort of interruption. Even if I sat here next to Dallas where the internet couldn't be a problem and our wives coming home couldn't be a problem or his daughter waking up or my son waking up or a cat, his car alarm goes off. Of course. He's back. Was someone breaking in? Dallas set off his own panic alarm on his car. That just happened. All right, come back to me. Sorry. Come back to me. Don't respond to my wife who said any of ours. Because you probably just woke up your daughter, huh? No, no. We would hear that. All right. All right, good. (laughs) Um, I actually have now forgotten where we were. Are Are we good? Yeah. Okay. We're good. This is podcast is called Downtime. Twin Peaks podcast where there's a lot of downtime. <laughs> we're back. And we're back. We were talking about David Lynch. Uh, oh, no, no. Okay, we're talking about the double R. Double R. So it's so sad because Shelly is crying because she has to quit. And I was saying, like, when your reality is that, like, waiting tables at a diner is the good part of your life. Yeah. Like, that's, it's sad. And it, but it's true. Like, that's the best part of her life. But I was confused as to they were just broke. And now she's quitting her well, job. Well, I guess the idea is she it's she can't afford to pay it like whatever it would cost to pay someone to take care of him, they would make more money than she would maybe at the diner. Mm. So she's gotta live off the like money they're getting from the state. Gotcha. You know? Um is how I saw it, you know. Um so like you see the double R, there's no one ever in there. She doesn't make any money on tips, you know? That's not true. Maybe they can only film when no one's in a, there. A milkshake is a dollar. Like, what is she getting tipped on? You Maybe know? they're only filming when no one's in there because it costs more when people are in there. What do you mean they're filming? It's a real restaurant. Filming? Filming? There's no puppets in this show. <laughs> so, um, so then, it gets, then it gets weird. It goes from sad to weird because Ed and Nadine show up. Mm-hmm. Nadine still believes she's in high school. She says, let's sit at the, at the bar. Um, and... She's surprised to see Norma and says, how long have you been working here? And Norma says, 20 years this July. Mm-hmm. And which, of course, to Nadine makes no sense because she has to be her age, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when Ed's like, haha, just kidding. Six weeks, right? Like, play along, please. Um, and so then she orders a milkshake that she quickly destroys <laughs> just by holding on to it. And uh, there's a funny line of Norma has like, oh, there must have been a break in the glass. And and Ed says, uh, uh, don't count on it or something like that. Um, because he knows that she just is super strong. Yeah, Ed is uh, Ed's pretty great in this scene. Ed is great. And this is also like, it's fantastic that she's like, her hand is bleeding out. And she's just like, I'm so happy. <laughs> but before it, it's really like, Ed is dragged through Nadine kind of telling Norma all these things. And you can tell it's really painful of her saying like, oh, yeah, Ed told me, you, you know, you guys broke up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just really uncomfortable for Ed. Ed would be would rather be anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Because he's in love with Norma. He is. And, and Norma's in love with Ed. And what's worse than being married to Nadine is being married to a Nadine who thinks she's 17 and has superhuman strength. Well, the other Nadine didn't seem very good either. No, so no. You think this would be better? Okay. Would you rather mm-hmm. be married to Nadine? Yeah. 
before she goes into the coma or after? Um, oh, those are my only two options? Yeah. After. Really? Yeah. Where she could kill you? I feel like she could have killed me before. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. She did, like, bend the exercise machine apart she or did. something she before. She's really strong. Yeah, she's always been strong. Yeah. It's just now she's happy strong. Yeah. But she seems like she'd be more fun. Right. Yeah. All right. Except for the time, if it happens, I don't know if it happens, but that she realizes how old she is and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. I know. Um, so then <laughs> I wrote out of the frying pan and back to the Johnson residence. <laughs> uh, and you were wondering if we're going to see Mike again. And we do. Mike shows up. I'm so happy. And he brings the, sh- oh, Bobby brings the shoes back that Leo had told him about. And so they get a hammer and find that, uh, in one of the souls, there's a, a not, not cash, um, but a micro cassette. And so Bobby is like, it's not cash, but we'll see what this is. Um, Back at the sheriff's station. Yeah, I also feel like I wonder how much cash Bobby was hoping for in the sole of a shoe. Well, didn't Bobby give him ten thousand dollars in cash or owe him ten grand? I mean, I think he know the, all of this is because he knows Leo has money somewhere. Yeah, yeah. right. Because mm-hmm. he personally has delivered some of it. Yeah, because of the drugs. Because of the drugs. Yeah, which we haven't heard about any of that in a long time. But no, that's all right. Um, so back at the station, they got the diary. Coop's going over the diary. And he's mentioning that a great deal has been mutilated, um, but there's repeated references to Bob. And then he also talks about, uh, in regards to that, there's uh, instances of abuse and molestation. And he also mentions that she writes that he's a friend of her father's. And then she also says, someday I'm going to tell the world about Ben Horn. At this time, Audrey shows up to tell Cooper what she learned from her father earlier in this episode. Um, and then that's when Coop mentions to the sheriff that right when Ben showed up, Mike fainted, and he says, we need a, a warrant. Um, back at the Great Northern, uh, Jerry's investigation of Tajimura has checked out. Mm-hmm. And so Ben is there telling you know Tajimura that we've got a deal. And right when that's happening, they come in to arrest uh, Ben, who is like, I'm in the middle of something here. And then when they press him, he tries to escape. To saying, go get a I'm gonna go get a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> and they, you know, they've got him in handcuffs and they lead him out, and uh, and that's where I paused us. I'm gonna go get a sandwich. Go get a sandwich. You gonna go get a sandwich? But I don't know. I'm gonna have to arrest you. Uh, yeah, that's where you paused us. That's where I paused us. Yeah, there was a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, I feel like. Hmm. Thank you, Simon. That's my cat, if you Simon. can hear him. Um, Theodore. He doesn't have food. If we had a friend who had a, some, a pet named Alvin, I have a dog named Theodore, and you have a cat named Simon. We could kill all of our pets at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> no. We used to have a Garfunkel. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Well, I didn't. Sam did. Sam okay. had Simon since he was a kitten. Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, Simon and Garfunkel. And Garfunkel ran away or something. Just like in real life. But just so you know, this is a story that I told Paul Simon. <laughs> did you really? I really did to his face. And guess how much he didn't care. And he went, I'm the only little boy in New York. No, Simon. <laughs> and then Paul Simon, just as he walked away, went, I get all the news I need on the weather report. Do you really want to know what he did? Yeah. Because you're going to be able to see this. Okay. I told him... Hey, my wife is a huge fan of yours. Uh, In fact, we have a cat who's named Simon after you. 
um, we had a Garfunkel, but he ran away. Uh-huh. And Paul Simon went. <laughs> For those who aren't in the room with us, Dallas just kind of shook his head slightly and then walked, walked away. away. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly what Paul Simon did. And Do you was, know how many times he's heard that exact same story? Well, here's the problem. I was so excited because of the what was happening. Because there was other people in the room. Steve too. Martin was Steve in the room. Steve Martin was in the room. And uh, it, was a, it was not like a, we were at a signing. Like yeah. they came and hung out in the back yeah. room with, yeah. with Norm MacDonald, who was also in the room. You were opening stand up, doing stand up for Norm MacDonald. For Norm MacDonald. And uh, it was an amazing moment. Yeah. And I was excited because my hero, my hero of heroes, Steve Martin, was there. Yeah. And my wife was excited because she loves Steve Martin, but also the Paul Simon was there. And yeah. So she was texting me, oh my God, blah, blah. And I needed, I somehow needed to convey her excitement yeah. to him. Yeah. And I was obviously overjoyed like a little boy sure. to begin with. He probably gets that a lot. I hope. You told me, and like, I don't Do you think this, he's going to see me again? This is not a podcast about away? this stuff, but I just, because we have you on talking about this. What was it like? I remember you telling me this story because I was so excited to hear it. About was this. One, it's the only good story in my life. You, but you had some interesting kind of insight on what it was like to watch norm mcdonald be starstruck because yeah. like norm mcdonald to me and you is like oh my gosh norm mcdonald, norm but, McDonald. but you know having it be steve martin to norm mcdonald watching that yeah what was that like well it was it's interesting because you're right norm mcdonald to me it, it, and you like we grew up loving uh norm mcdonald especially like his saturday night live years were yeah. like our our saturday night live years you know yeah yeah, yeah. uh like his weekend update was the best the best um, and having that was the last show of the weekend of shows. Yeah. So like the whole weekend, he was extremely nice, extremely awesome. Loved talking old comedy. So we would just sit back and talk old comedy all weekend. He was the best. So then there was a moment when Steve Martin showed up that Norm Macdonald was like, "Hey, can hey yeah?" I was like, "Oh, should I go get him?" And Norm's like, "Yeah, go get him." And there was a moment where I realized that Norm Macdonald just asked me to go get Steve Martin, <laughs> yeah. which was like the weirdest yeah, scenario. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. I had assumed we'd all be hanging out because I'm like, Steve Martin just came into the show. Not for me. Yeah, sure. So I'm like, he's got to know Norm. They got to be buddies. And we go and we're all like doing the introductions and we're talking in the back. Everybody's kind of chatting just real quick. This is this, this is who, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, Norm goes, so what are you doing here? And, uh, and Steve Martin goes, Oh, we just opened a new musical bright star at the globe. They were testing, you know, uh, not testing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was like preview. previews. Thank yeah. you. Like a, a extended preview before they took it to Broadway. And, uh, he's like, yeah, we just opened a new musical. And, uh, and, uh, and he's like, Oh, and he looked at Paul Simon. He's like, Oh, did you write the music? And Paul's like, no, no, Edie did. Cause Edie Brickell was there wife, as well. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, Edie did. And he goes, Oh, so Norm's next question, next question after this pause was, how do you write a musical? <laughs> and I knew at that moment we were not hanging out. No. And then what persuaded, what proceeded was Norm literally fanboying out yeah. to Steve Martin. Like, didn't know how so to talk rad. to him, didn't know what to say, was really awkward. They chatted a little bit, yeah, like about some mutual friends, um, but never out of the circle. Like, Norm and him never, it was just Norm and him. Yeah. It was like everybody was involved. And then Steve Martin just went into like, some stand-up stories, which were amazing. Like, sure. It was like, incredible. And he did a My Blue Heaven reference, which only I got. Fantastic. <laughs> and it was awkward to make him know that only I got that reference. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it, was, it was just watching it unfold. Like, going from, like, 
one, I can't believe Steve Martin's here. Like, this will never happen again, ever. Yes. I didn't even know what could ever happen. To two, um, we're going to hang out. Yeah. To seeing in front of my face in a matter of like a minute, we're not hanging out. No. In fact, I don't even know if they really know each other. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just dreams dashing. But the dream, but the dream was there though. Like you did, you did get to meet him. Oh and, no, 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 no. Yeah. Dream was there. Like sorry that he didn't invite you over later. No. Uh, no. Yeah. I, you would, and you. There would have been a point where you would have not wanted to be around him for too long. You know what I mean? Like, you want to keep the dream alive of who, who he is in your head? No, because it was never going to happen again. Yeah. I could have hung out with him for three days straight because I knew as soon as I stopped hanging out with him. Where's that story? It's That'd over. Be amazing. That's true. Just me and Steve Martin hanging three out. Three days. Three days. Me and Steve. That's a movie. Um, we should probably get back, move back. Sorry, to this, sorry. Because we were we were in the midst of this, and we still have to finish the episode. I apologize, and I apologize too. I'm realizing that I'm touching the table a lot with this microphone. Oh, okay, and I'm I never do that. Your cat's worse than the table, so. Okay, well I apologize. Will you let to the listeners. cat out. This he way, doesn't go the front out. Door? I, if Not I the back could, door. <laughs> if I could, I would have done it a year ago. So Simon can go find Garfunkel. He just wants food. Did I ever tell you about the time they, I told Paul Simon about Simon and Garfunkel? Stop. Okay. <laughs> so you wanted to talk about the end of this. Well, you know, there's a lot that's... Do you want, I'm just going to give him food. Yeah, give him food. For those of you who are not in the room, Dallas is now taking a bag of cat food. It's urinary digestive care. Oh, I didn't know they made that. This is definitely the best episode of Dish in the Percolator, because not only are you getting, like, you know, our normal, really horrible commentary on a great show... But now we're giving you actual, like, really interesting content about the time Dallas hung out with Steve Martin, Edie Bracal, the new Bohemians. Were they there or not? You know what's funny? They were driving the Paul car. Simon. <laughs> um, okay, so. You know what's funny? Though? Paul Simon was driving the car. Really? When they came down to tell us, they said, Steve Martin's here. And we didn't believe him. And then they said, Steve Martin is here. And, and Paul, Paul Simon's, Simon's parking, parking the, the car. car. <laughs> Greatest moment of my life. Oh, was that, that is fantastic. Anyway. Um,. Lot to unpack here. Well, Ben Horn, they say all this of Ben Horn in the diary and everything like that. Did you want me to tell you who I think the killer is? I, I, that's the last thing I want you to tell me. So if you want to so, say okay. anything else, say it now. Otherwise, I'm ready to finish. I feel like Ben Horn isn't the killer. And there's something with this Tamagotchi guy. That's how you say it? Tom, Tamaguchi? No, no, no. Mr. Tajimura. 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 Um, there's something with Mr. Tojimura because obviously it's not that person. <laughs> like, but the problem is, is that David Lynch is so David Lynch that it might be that person mm-hmm. for the rest of the show. <clears throat> yeah. And that's just what he decided that person's going to look like. Yeah. Um, my theory is that Russ Tamblin is that person. Um, is Tojimura? Yeah. It's just, that's how he's come, decided to come back because yeah. Jacoby disappeared when Tojimura showed up. Uh, yeah. was in the, was was last time we saw him was in the hospital bed, right? And then he back went back to Hawaii. Nobody ever saw him get on a plane. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Toja Morris here. Okay. Uh, that's one theory, but I don't think it. But here's the thing. I've been hung up on the one person that I thought it was, and this is different than the thing I had heard. Okay. Ever since the I even brought it up last week. I think it. Do you want me to say who you think? Yeah. Okay. I think it's Leland. Okay. And I think it's Leland because it doesn't make any sense to me that he snuck into that hospital to try to kill that big fat dude. Okay. But what, so you think if he's Because that's the like killer, a Godfather moment. But if he's the killer, why does he kill. 
Because I here's the thing, though, is you brought that up, and I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense. But the way I saw that scene unfold, and the way I like construed that whole thing with that guy, what Renault? He was a Renault, <clears throat> right? Jacques, yeah, Jean's brother, Bernie's brother. The way I construed that whole thing was happening was that Renault, Jacques Renault, mm-hmm. knew who killed Laura Palmer. Not that he killed Laura Palmer. I heard he knew who killed, knows who killed Laura Palmer. Okay. So then, at least that's what he was like. That's what I heard him saying. So even if I heard it wrong, that's what I heard. But wasn't Leo also there? Where? The, with Jacques that night. No, because this was when they caught him. Mm. Remember when they caught him and they were talking to him? And yeah. They were saying, like, yeah, we, we know he knows who, who killed Laura Palmer or something, or he knows who's involved in Laura Palmer's death. Who says that? I don't remember. Somebody, one of the agents okay. or the sheriff. Like, that's the thing is I don't remember the exact scene that played <clears throat> out because when I saw it happen, I was like, okay, why is he going to kill that guy? Yeah. And the way I heard it was that he knew who killed Laura Palmer. So then I'm like, well, then Leland's killing him. Why would Leland care about... Are you serious right now? Why would Leland (laughs) care about killing the person who knows anything about Laura's death unless he's the one who killed Laura? Yeah. And then there's the whole thing where it's just him being crazy in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the other thing that made me think it was him is that the dude, um, one-armed guy, says... um, he has the host or whatever, you know, yeah. he's hosted by the demon quote unquote yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Well, then there's that whole episode where Leland his just hair went white and he all of a sudden became this happy, weird guy. Yeah. But before that he was always at the great Northern and he was sad and mopey and depressive and weird. And then all of a sudden he wakes up, his hair is white and he's happy go lucky. So did this demon host Bob thing leave his body? And that's, okay. so that's what, that's why I think that, what is any of that influenced by? Was there any influence of you had told me before we started the show that someone told you? No, that's different than what someone told me. Someone told you who? Um, I think they said. Well, I even I even told you that I would probably forget who they said because I didn't know oh. anyone's names really back then. Okay. So all of the names even now are confusing to me. Yeah. Because I'm still calling them my West Side Story names. Yeah. But I think that they. I think that they said it was. I think that they said it was either Ben Horn. See, I, get, I kept getting Ben Horn confused with. Um, oh God, I can't even remember. But that's the thing. I can't even remember who okay. it was. It wasn't Leland, <clears throat> but okay. they told me. Okay. But they go. But it was either Ben Horn or maybe they did say Leland. I don't know. Yeah. But I can't remember. Well, that's good that someone like didn't try to. I mean, even if they tried to ruin. Well, it I part. told you it was like in passing conversation yeah, that we were yeah. talking about shows. Yeah. And they said, "Oh, yeah, but like then because they, I think they prefaced it like how you're saying is that they were watching the show, and then all of a sudden you find out who the killer is, and then it's like, okay, why am I still watching the show now? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's how they were talking about the show. Got it. So I think they just said, well, then you find out blah 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 is the killer. They might have said Leland, but they might have said Ben Horn. But that's why I'm saying I'm confused as who was who even back then. Well, right now they're really tipping the scales for Ben Horn. But see, I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that because it sounds too easy, even though I know we're supposed to find out who the killer is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, do a shot to the Chargers, finish this episode, and come back. I'm just going to leave this near the cat. <laughs> the whole the mic. Sp- just watch the rest of the show yeah. with the mic on. <laughs> I know it's a stretch to say that Leland did it. But he's the only character, one, that no one's... 
I don't know. He's like, to me, I don't who, know. Who, have you, what is, I've ha, never have thought, you felt I've, him the whole time? No, 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 no. The only time I, I really thought about it was, uh, well, I thought about when he killed the guy, but then yeah. you said, oh, well, he killed him because they said that Jacques Renault killed Laura yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, oh, okay. But then when the Great Northern thing, when he said about the demons and leaving the body and the host yeah. leaving the body, but it's always been to the Great Northern. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, well, he, his hair turned white. Nobody could explain it. He was all happy-go-lucky, so maybe the demon left. So I went back to that theory. Okay. But I have thought it's been other people, but I've never thought it was Ben Horn. Okay. Because that doesn't seem like Ben Horn. Who else have you thought that it's been? Well, I mean, I think like everybody, I thought Leo Johnson for a time. Yeah. But then that kind of seemed silly. Um, I thought that, um, 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 the, who's the boyfriend? Who's the... Oh, uh, Bobby? No, Hank. Oh, Hank. I Hank. thought it could have been Hank. Oh, Hank, Really? Well, I don't know, because drugs... The, not the boyfriend, the husband of of Norma. The husband. Yeah. I thought it could have been Hank only because maybe they were mixed up in drugs. Maybe he killed her and other stuff happened to her. Like, maybe they were... You know I mean? Like, sometimes yeah. if you're with a couple people, you kill... Like, in movies, anyways. If you're with a couple people, they get killed. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and then, like, maybe the two, like the henchmen or whatever, like, beat her up or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then, um, my other thing was that it was like Jerry or something like that. Like some, like maybe it was a Ben Horn ordered or like a Jean Renault ordered killing. Sure. And they just did it. Yeah. Cause I don't know. Cause when they open up this world to me, like when we talked when John was on the, the podcast, what I was saying is like, cause you guys were asking like, once you find out who the killer is, do you think you'd still be interested in the show? And I said, yes, because they have this other world that they built. Sure. That to me, even at that point was more interesting than who killed Laura Palmer. Like I really don't, even now I'm like, I don't care. You don't care. It doesn't like, I'm more interested in finding out what happens to Cooper and like Sheriff, you know what I mean? Like there's other characters I've actually grown to like in the show. Sure. Um, Which I think was the idea. The, the, the who killed Laura Palmer part was the gasoline that kind of just, yeah. you know, like I could watch a show that was just called Cooper and Sheriff and yeah. they just go on. Yeah. It, it gave them a reason to continue on. Exactly. Know? So anyway, okay. Well, Leland, that, Leland just seems like the only, the, it seems like the most Lynchian decision. <laughs> sure. And because no one has pointed a finger at him and he, but he's always been this weird character that's had something to do with these weird dealings the entire time. Yeah. And, but again, that could totally be stupid. Well, let's find out. All right. We'll be right back. We're back, Dallas. Dallas, come back to me. We've just finished uh, the end of the episode. So where we stopped was right when Ben was arrested at the Great Northern. And right before Sarah Palmer went sliding down the stairs. Um, I obviously picked that point because I felt watching in this yesterday that the moment you saw Sarah in distress, if you were in any way on to Leland being it, and yeah. you were, yeah. it felt like that was going to tip you off. Yeah. So my first question is to you, when you saw her sliding down the stairs, did you feel like you were right? Um, only partway, only because she's always been crazy. Yeah. So I I didn't, 
Okay. I did. I wasn't totally onto it, but I felt like, yeah, I probably was going to be right. Yeah. Or maybe there was something else going on. Sure. 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 Yeah. I just feel like that was the point that we kind of needed to yeah. stop. Yeah, it definitely. If like, was I right though that if we had just watched the whole thing, it'd be hard to talk about what goes on earlier. Probably. It seems less important now. Well, no, I guess not because there's more episodes. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like talking about the beginning of this episode mm-hmm. would be. I would want to get right to this. Totally. Totally. So. Um, I mean, I'll just try to, not a ton, I mean, a ton happens, but other than uh, us revealing that Tasha Murray is not uh, Jacoby, it's but it's in fact uh, Catherine Martell. Catherine Martell. So that was fun watching you see that that was her <laughs> um, and not Jacoby. Well, I was worried because somebody, I didn't want Pete to get hurt. Yeah, you were when you when when Tajimura came in. You go, oh, leave Pete alone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want Pete to get hurt, but it wasn't. It was it was, it was his Catherine. wife who. I mean, we had talked that they had that reconciliation moment where he like, I love you, and she was yeah. like, oh, and then you know, she dies, and you didn't get to see if it mattered. Yeah, but it seems to have mattered. Sure, because she was happy to see him, and yeah, he was happy to see her. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. But what is her... Con- That's the other thing. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Because if Jerry really did go check Tajimura out... <laughs> That's a good question. What did he go check out? I don't know. Or did she kill Jerry? We, I don't think that's the case. Okay. But I'm not going to ruin that for you, too. Um, so the rest of this episode is building up to the final scene. Um, where they... Uh, after arresting Ben Horn... Uh, the log lady shows up at the sheriff station. Great shot. And um, yeah, you see the log before you see her. <laughs> Great shot. <clears throat> and so um, Coop has a line about how um, he says something's. She says she has a line about how there's there there's are owls at the roadhouse. You know, first thing is is we don't know what will happen or when, which I think is interesting. Does she mean me and her log? You think? Is that what she's saying? I think so, yeah. But there are owls in the roadhouse. Uh, and he says, something is happening, isn't it, Margaret? And so they go to the roadhouse because mm-hmm. she has said that there are owls there. Um, so back to, uh, this is when we the Tajimura reveal happens. Then we go back to the Palmer house. Sarah looks up and sees a white horse. Mm-hmm. Um which what you said the spirit world you, yeah, made, you made a Young Guns two reference of course I made a Young Guns two reference <laughs> and it was funny because I was watching Animal House yesterday and it reminds me of the horse that they shoot they, they pretend to shoot you know and has a heart yeah. attack um, the horse uh, originally I guess the thought was that it was like heroin you know because that's like maybe that she was on she had been drugged oh but um, Mark Frost actually said the horse meant death. So he wrote this episode. I guess he would know. Well, he knows it means death because Young Guns 2 came out in 1990. Is that true? I'm looking at it right now. But, when was this episode? When was this well, show? They this was November. Do you think he was Mark Frost a big Young Guns 2 fan? Do I think Mark Frost was a big Young Guns 2 fan? Who was alive in 1990 that wasn't a big Young Guns That's 2 fan? True. That's bon true. Jovi did the soundtrack. It was great. Yeah, come on. Shot down. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You want to watch that right now? Let's put it on. We're gonna go watch Young Guns too. I have been trying to find that movie. Can't find it. Really? Yeah. All right, we'll find it. 
Uh, I listen. If you don't know what Young Guns Two is, there's a heavy reference in Young Guns Two. Not reference. <clears throat> there's a Lou Diamond Phillips Chavez y Chavez. Sure. Goes off about how when you die, you see a white horse, and it's the spirit horse, and he's yeah. there to take you to the spirit world. Yeah. And they saw the spirit horse. Yeah. So just saying. No, man. you're right. Um, so when they get to the roadhouse, uh, and Bob is an Indian. He is. Maybe we call him Indian Joe. Oh no, Eskimo Joe. Eskimos are Indians. Is that true? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Um, According to David Tell. <laughs> okay, so Julie Cruz is back. That's the singer. We haven't seen her for a while. I think maybe since the pilot. I'm pretty excited. It's fantastic. Um, Everyone's into it. She's awesome. So Don and James are there. I wrote that they only like have a few lines in this one. So we're gonna thank you for that one, Dave. Um, but uh, the log lady is sitting with Cooper and Truman just like ripping through peanuts. Everyone in the bar is. Yeah. Um, but Donna and James are talking about how, uh, talking about Harold and she's feeling bad and she should cause she's like killed one person and almost killed a few more. Mm-hmm. Um, and she starts singing along with, uh, with the band. Um, the, the whole end of this is very, what I love about David Lynch is he doesn't tell you what to feel. He mm-hmm. just kind of leaves it out there. It's not like you don't, you're not hitting the head with it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so many things the way that the, he uses time to kind of, I don't know. It's just not super specific and like written out for you as the, as the viewer. And I love that about him as a director. Uh, and it's very much in play here. So, um, you know, there's just kind of a mood going on. She's singing along, and then it they they kind of do like a edit where it goes fast, kind of into into time a little bit. And there's another slower song. And Cooper's starting to notice things, and if you look, you see him. He sees the old bellman sitting next to Bobby mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before he turns around, um, and that's when uh, the whole band disappears and the giant shows up. Mm-hmm. And he says the words, "It is happening again." He says it twice. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to the Palmer's house. Uh, Leland is straightening his tie in the mirror, and that's when we cut back and we see Bob. Mm-hmm. Bingo. To which I replied, well, that's creepy. I remember um, my dad told me... So I have to tell this story, because my, my poor father and stepmother let me watch this when I was 11. <laughs> it's so good. There's a difference between letting your 11-year-old watch this... It's not like they took me to see Blue Velvet. Like, this was on ABC, and I think Mm -hmm. it was like 9 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. This was arguably, at the time, the gnarliest thing that was ever aired on television. So, I had a hard time with it. (laughs) (laughs) My dad remembers me saying afterwards, like, man, that was trippy. (laughs) Very similar to what you said, which made me laugh. That's really funny. But the way he uses the effects, and even though they're like, very basic. It's a lot of like wipes mm-hmm. with Leland and Bob. It's just so creepy and so disturbing. Um, and I think it's partly because of the revelation, like whether or not you thought it was Leland, you kind of liked Leland. Like he was kind of a likable character, I thought. Yeah, no, I don't agree. Okay, how about the realization that it was her dad? You know what I mean? That killed her? Yeah. No, I will see, I was just more happy that I got it right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that more than anything, but I was, and it was creepy. Like the whole scene was just so creepy. Well, because this is what they do. It's like 
you want to know who killed Laura Palmer? Okay, here you go. We're going to show you how it works. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, oh, wow, did I really want to know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they give you, like, they don't spare you at all from mm-hmm. the details. And not only that, they slow it down. Yeah. You know, so you see how terrifying it would be to see you know, this guy. And you, it's weird is you don't know what she's seeing, Mm-mm. right? Because there's two different scenes happening. They show Bob doing it. They show Leland doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're not sure what is actually there. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, and I, to tell you this, because I haven't been able to tell you this, is they actually shot this scene with all, with uh, Ray Wise play Leland Palmer, uh, with the actor Frank Silver who played Bob and then also with Richard Beamer because they were trying to keep it a secret. Oh, so really? they filmed it with all three so as to not give it away so that even the crew couldn't leak who the killer was. That's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. So by the end of the day though, Cheryl Lee who plays Maddie and Laura Palmer was like spent. Like she had done that scene you know, all these different times with the three different actors. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but anyway, we have to watch this unfold. Well, I'm sure that she's not uh, scarred in any way. No, that. not at all. <laughs> Good grief. Um, We're going to have three different actors suck on your chin. You okay with this? <laughs> yeah, you throw your head into a wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a totally gruesome scene. It's been called one of the most... You know, one of the most gruesome scenes ever aired on television, still to this day. Because it's not that it's gory. Like, I was watching, like, a hospital drama last night that was way more gory. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the brutality of it. It's mm-hmm. the disturbing kind of images and the way it's shot. And the way he uses lights, like spotlights. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, it's just so creepy how yeah. that, how just that, like, blinding light works. Yeah, it's really weird. As an effect where... You know, they didn't have a lot of special effects, so he, he was able to use light and use timing, like slow motion and slowing down their voices to just, you know, create this horrible scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was very, um, I think the best way to describe it is like jarring. Sure. Like really jarring. Yes. Like even like the lights especially add to it, where it's just like nothing sits well. No. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not fun. Yeah, even the effects being bad almost lend themselves yeah. to helping the scene because you're like, ugh, what? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so we watch them. He kind of is slow dancing with Maddie, and before he, before he rams her face into the wall, which kills her, um, he says, Leland says, you're going back to Missoula, Montana, which was her home, which is mm. where she was going to go. Um and then after that, he sticks the letter under her fingernail. Mm-hmm. Um, we go back to the roadhouse where the giant disappears. And there's just kind of this instant wave of sadness that hits. And you can see it in the the waiter comes up to Cooper and says, I'm so sorry. Um, you can tell the log lady is, is distressed. Mm-hmm. She kind of knew something was going to happen, I feel like. Donna just instantly starts crying. And you can see her mouthing the words, I don't know why. I'm sorry. Um I don't know. Like mm-hmm. she, she's just sad, and we saw that in the f- pilot too. Remember, she starts crying before knowing what happened to Laura. She mm. just knew Laura was dead. Um, that when she looked at the seat was missing, she heard another girl cry. She just starts weeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Bobby mm-hmm. is is something is hitting Bobby. At that yeah, moment. just looking around. Yeah, yeah, just getting teary eyed. Um, and that's where the episode ends. And Cooper the whole time is trying to process it. He knows something happened, but he can't figure it out. Yeah. But he he definitely knows something of great significance is just taking place. Yeah. 
Dallas, that's that's how this episode ends. So why don't you talk to me about how you're feeling? Well, it's a bummer that they didn't make more after this. Um, <laughs> oh no, no, there's but, more. Oh, 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 my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> that would have been amazing if they're just like, "Fine, you want to understand it? Here you go. Yeah, Here's yeah. your ending." Um, the end. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, it feels like this is you know, the, he he killed both of them. But it is interesting still. So why did the one-armed man act so weird around Ben Horn? Mm-hmm. If Bob's a spirit that inhabits, was he? Did he go back and forth between Ben Horn and Leland? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously Ben Horn's done some really screwed up things. Yeah, was Ben Horn a part of some of these murders or whatever? And then, like at the beginning of the show, or not the beginning, one of the first few episodes of season one, Cooper mentioned that like the thing under the nail had happened in another city or something, Uh right? Yeah. So, like, I'm wondering, okay, so is that just Bob traveling? Is that Leland doing those? Is that Ben Horn? Yeah. So I have questions. Sure. Uh, It definitely didn't... uh, I mean, we now know that, but it definitely didn't, like, solve a lot of things. Sure. Sure. Um, Well, it solved the big one, right? Maybe? Yeah. I mean, it's all of like the plot of the show to some degree. Well, let me tell you. Let me. So, the ABC comes out, and David Lynch comes out and says, tonight we're going to solve the murder of Laura Palmer. So, you still don't take that as face value, as that was what they were saying, was that Leland was the killer. You think it could be... No, no, no. I do think Leland killed Laura. Okay. I just don't know. There's just other things that have happened. Sure. Like the other person that was dead with the letter yeah. that Cooper talks about. Uh, why did the one-armed man act the weird way around Ben Horn if yeah. Ben Horn's not Bob? Yeah. Those things. Okay. They're good questions. Okay. We've got a lot more Twin Peaks to get to. So, the, the, yeah. So I'm feeling relieved that I was right. Um, my hope is that the mom also died in that part so we don't have to <laughs> watch her anymore. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think Leland's really creepy, and he was always creepy, yeah. and now just kind of reached a, the pen, penultimate moment of his creepiness. Yeah. Um, the guy who played Bob, Eskimo Joe, super creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was def- It's like jarring. It's definitely like. Yeah. I'm gonna, gonna be okay. About it. I'm gonna think about it tonight. You gonna be all right? I haven't slept well the last two nights. Just in You're general. You're not going to tonight. I'm not. No. I'm definitely not. No. And that, that's what I think makes it better is that there wasn't a lot of weird special effects. So when a light goes on in my hallway, I'm going to yeah. freak out. Yeah. So here's the good news. Um, with that guy. You're staying over? Frank Silva. <laughs> if you ever like Google YouTube videos of him actually talking, he has this really like kind of not creepy voice. And I was like, hi, I'm Frank Silva. Like it's just, it's very unarming. You're like, oh, okay. He doesn't sound like. Do you think he does that on purpose? I hope so. For fans. So people weren't like. <laughs> He will get into stories that I've heard about him where he would just like freak people out so much, you really? know, afterwards. Oh, what if you were on, got on the bus and he was just sitting there? I'd be like, I'll take the next one. That's sad that he's riding the bus. <laughs> but he, he passed away in 1996. So that's oh. sad. Yeah. Um, was he in other things? Do you know? Not really. Oh. No. All right. Be interesting. Mm-hmm. Be interesting if you were watching like, you know, The Chase with Chuck Sheen and all of a sudden. Frank Silva shows up. I think up. Ray Wise is in the chase. Really? Yeah, he plays Christy Swanson's dad. Oh, did Leland he kill Palmer. her? We'll find out. We'll find out. We're going to do the chase the next week. <laughs> next week. Of chasing the percolator. Chasing the percolator. Well, Dallas, I'm really happy that we got to do this together. Me in too. Person. I am happy that we got to do it in um, person. I'm sorry, that, uh, I'm sorry that I guessed it. 
No, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. I'm glad that you, I'm uh, glad that we didn't. I, it was the exact time to guess it. I wanted it to be right before we finished the episode. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, but see, I'm still confused by why he killed Jacques. If I was right in why he did, or you were right in why he did. Well, it's I mean, it's, it doesn't matter ultimately. What's but. interesting about that is too is Jacques talked to, talk to the police, right? And he didn't mm-hmm. have any remember. He didn't have. He didn't point. But I thought they were going to like question him, like they knew he knew who killed Laura Palmer. Like that's how I took it that he knew, and they were going to get information out of him. Yeah, and that was going to be the end of it. Huh? Anyway, there's still a lot more to unravel. But I've, there's a lot more. Isn't this when we get to the filler episodes, though? Not yet. <laughs> okay. Soon. <laughs> season three. No, no, no. Se- you better hope. Yeah. No, you better season- hope one episode is tolerable. Well, I will say this. The, the thing that makes me most excited about season three is that David Lynch directed the whole thing. All right. That's to me is like, that's so even the number after, one reason to be excited. Even after seeing Inland Empire, you're still excited that, about David Lynch directing Mark anything? Frost wrote the whole thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> the balance is back. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you guys for, for following us this far into the journey of uh, the show. Um, you can follow us at Percolator Pod. You can follow Dallas at Dallas underscore MC. Yeah. You can follow me at, at Sean T. O'Donnell. Um, you can follow the Chargers. We've at ripped Chargers. through three episodes this week. I know, man. This we'll is probably, a big week. We'll probably slow down a little bit, but we will be done before season three starts. So For sure. Yeah, now we kind of have to maybe slow down a little bit. No, because we have other things to get to. There's the movie. Yeah. Your cat was like fire coming up behind me, and I got freaked out for a second. Fire in the sky. Um, our cat is not fire in the sky <laughs> our cat is white he's yeah, the spirit cat it's, it's totally creepy he doesn't represent heroin but he does represent kitten nibble <laughs> thank you all and we'll, we'll see you next time on dish in the percolator <laughs> please me out the right time dish in the percolator <laughs> <laughs> Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. 
Akita. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.